hunt for and eat. I thought that was interesting. Number three, in Christian times, the spring began to be associated with Jesus Christ's crucifixion and resurrection. The crucifixion is remembered on Good Friday, and the resurrection is remembered on Easter Sunday. The idea of the resurrection joined with the idea of the rebirth and pagan beliefs. And number four, many churches hold special services on Easter Sunday, which celebrate the Jesus Christ resurrection after his crucifixion. And although many churches have special services on Easter, there is no Bible authority for it. And that's where we need to understand that whatever we do in service to God must be done in accordance with His will. Now there's one place in the Bible that the word Easter is used. It's only in the King James Version. It's Acts 12 and verse 4. And that word from which the word Easter is translated is the word which means Passover. The other 29 times that it's used in Scripture in the New Testament is always translated Passover. But that one time in the King James Version, now you get into the New King James Version, you'll find Passover in Acts 12 verse 4. And most all other uh, versions you'll find that it's Passover and not Easter. And certainly the Passover held great significance, and especially to the Jewish people who were passed over when the death angel came and the firstborn of every uh, family was, uh, was uh, taken in death that night. And so uh, that's some of the background from which all this comes. Now, I wanted us to take a look at the resurrection as revealed in the Bible. When we go to the Bible, what do we find? Jesus foretold his resurrection. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things uh, of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again uh, from the dead the third day. Matthew 16 and verse 21. Now I gave you on the outline there other references to the resurrection. And that being, of course, as we said, on the first day of the week. The reason we assemble on the first day of the week, not just on Easter, but every first day of the week, we come together to worship God and to serve Him according to His will. So Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead on the first day of the week. Now, I've given you all the scriptures there, but turn to Matthew 28 and verse 1. And, and really just going through this and, and looking at what it says, it becomes obvious that Christ resurrected on the first day of the week. In Matthew 28 and verse 1, he says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and raiment white as snow. 
And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, see, Jesus foretold his resurrection. As he said, come see the place where he lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth forth unto you, uh, uh, he goeth before you unto Galilee, and ye, there you shall see him, and, uh, and lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher, and with great fear and great joy did run to bring his disciples word. Now, the other references you have there on your outline, in each one of those cases, in all four of the Gospels, it shows that Christ resurrected on the first day of the week. So the, the resurrection is highly important. And we'd never downplay that in any way. But we must understand that what God has told us to do on the first day of the week, every first day of the week, is come together and worship Him according to what He set forth in His Word. And of course, the Lord's Supper, we'll talk about it a little further down, but that's done on the first day of the week because Christ resurrected on the first day of the week. And the church began on the first day of the week. Kathy? Every Sunday. Every Sunday. That's true. And even some in the church have, have started having special things. But again, as we said there in number five on the first part, there's no Bible authority for it. And that's where we have to understand that God has told us what to do. And we're to worship Him every first day of the week. And we're to do that on a regular basis. Now, at B3 there on your outline, the resurrection proved that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And there's your verse. And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Romans 1 verse 4. What we need to understand, other people have been resurrected from the dead, haven't they? Sure they have. When Christ uh, was crucified, people were resurrected from the dead. But what happened to those people? They died again. Christ's resurrection was different. He will never die again. Christ resurrected to the eternity that he had with God even before the world began. So as I said here, other people have resurrected from the dead, but Christ is the only one who has been resurrected from the dead to never die again. And there's your verse for that, Revelation 1.18. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Revelation 1 verse 18. 
Christ arose from the dead on the first day of the week, never to die anymore. And so that's why we come together on the first day of the week to worship God according to His will, partake of the Lord's Supper in memory of Christ's death. The death is just as significant as the resurrection. You can't do without either. We couldn't have the church without the resurrection of Christ. We couldn't have the hope of eternal life without the resurrection of Christ. So you can't downplay that in any way. But what we're told to do when we come together to worship God is to partake of the Lord's Supper in memory of His death. That He died to make our salvation possible. And so the Bible reveals to us then that the apostles gave witness to the resurrection. That's very important. Notice that C1 there. And with great power gave the apostles witness to the resurrection of the Lord, Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Acts 4 verse 33. It was powerful because they were eyewitnesses of the resurrection. And they were able to perform miracles to prove that what they were teaching came from God. There's a lot of misunderstanding today when it comes to the inspiration of the Bible. People don't realize I have a brother-in-law. I've told you about him before. He and I have talked quite a bit. And he said, oh, that Bible doesn't mean anything. That's just a book written by a bunch of men. It doesn't really mean anything. He has no concept of what inspiration is. And that's sad when, that, when so many people are that way. They don't really understand that at all. Now, preaching the resurrection here at number C2, preaching the resurrection was opposed by the priest the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees. Turn to Acts 4. Acts 4. <laughs> Notice here, And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Now remember, the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection at all. That was the big difference between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Being grieved, verse 2, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word, what? Believe. Many of them which heard the word believe. That's the wonderful thing that we see in the New Testament. When the gospel was preached, many people believed. And what they do then when they believed? What was the next thing? Confess Christ and be baptized for remission of sins. And so... That was very, very effective then when the gospel was preached. Now, <clears throat> at C3 there, 
The inspired word of God assures us of the truth of the resurrection and the fact that we're saved by the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. First Peter one and verse twenty one. <laughs> I don't see how anybody can read that verse and not understand. Baptism also plays a part in people's salvation. I used to do a radio program in Cowan when I preached over there. And a denominational preacher got on the radio in his program. And he said, we have these preachers getting on the radio and preaching that baptism. And that person's got to be baptized to be saved. And he said, the Bible don't teach that. So the next time I went on, I went on with 1 Peter 3.21. And I said, I just read from the Bible. That baptism does save us. And that comes about by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's just hard for me to understand how people in the world today can be so adamant of the fact that you don't have to be baptized to be saved. Baptism hasn't got anything to do with your salvation. I don't know how many times, Tommy, I've been told that in trying to talk with people and reason with people from those things that are set forth in the Scripture. The problem is, is people put so much trust in their preacher or their Bible class teacher or whoever. Yeah. And they don't follow up and do any kind of study. What they're doing is just following what they've been taught. And if they happen to do any study, it's already prejudiced yeah. toward... They're looking for a way to justify what they want to, want to do. That's what it amounts to. And that's just sad that it's the case. But the Bible is plain what it teaches, that baptism does save us by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The fact that he rose from the dead never to die again. And baptism, when we're baptized, according to Romans 6, we're baptized into his death. And that we're raised to walk in newness of life. And so a great change transpires when a person is baptized in Christ. He is added to the church. God adds him. That's God's action. You or I didn't have anything at all to do with that. God adds to the church. No one can join the church because that's not what God designed. And so many people have these different beliefs about it. I don't know how many times I was asked in the course of the last few days, well, y'all having a special, special thing for Easter? Yeah, we're going to meet just like we normally do. On the first day of every week, we meet to worship God and to do His will. Now then, concerning that first day of the week, the New Testament church worshiped God on the first day of the week. Look there at Acts 20 and verse 7, given to you on your outline. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued speech until midnight. Upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, what's that talking about? What does it mean to break bread? Here it is. 
Here it is. You know, I heard uh, uh, one of our great preachers is now gone, but I heard him speaking on a lectureship, and he spoke on the Lord's Supper. And when he came to the end uh, of what he had to say, he said, a little piece of bread and a little for the vine. What a memorial. That's right. That's right. What a memorial. And that's the memorial that God authorized in worship. To remember the death of Jesus and what he did for us. But now notice there on your outline at 1B, D1B. Since every week has a first day, Christians today must follow the New Testament pattern and worship God on the first day of every week. You know, that's nothing but logic, common sense. If though the early church did that, and that's the example then that we're to follow. And so, when the first day of the week comes... As a Christian, where do I need to be? I need to be a symbol with the saints. That I might worship God, doing what He has authorized to be done in worship to Him. And if I come along and start doing something else, have a special service to celebrate Easter, what have I done? I've moved away from the Scripture. I'm no longer following what the Scripture teaches. I'm no longer following the example that's given to us in Scripture concerning what the church did when it came together on the first day of the week. And so that is so important that people understand that. Now, notice D1... I'm sorry, Tom. Well, in Acts 2nd chapter, we're, we read about the church being established. In verse 41, it says they continued steadfastly what they were taught in yeah. the breaking of bread, which was the Lord's Supper. Yeah. So they had, to, they had to be taught to do these things on the first day of the week because uh, under the law of Moses, they worshipped on, on Saturday. Sabbath, Sabbath. Saturday. So therefore they had to be taught, but the key point, it says they continued in that, and some years down the road, when we look at Acts 20, verse 8, we see them doing the same thing. Same thing. And, and another thing you just mentioned is part of that verse. They worshipped according to the apostles' doctrine. Where did the apostles get their doctrine? Christ. It's Christ's doctrine. And Christ is our Savior. He's the one that will... What did, what did God say? This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. Matthew 17, verse 5. We're to look to Christ and look to His Word for direction in everything we do. Now, said here on your outline, 1C uh, there under D, some follow the pattern of the denominational world and only worship God on Easter Sunday. And some people you'll only see on Easter Sunday. That's the only time they go to worship God. And so, that's sad most of the time. They don't even realize that they're totally ignoring the will of God 
and what he teaches in his word. That's a point that really needs to be gotten across to people today. The Bible is God's word. It came from him. And it's the one authority that we have for everything we do. And Colossians 1.17, of course, everything we do in word or deed is to be done in His or in Christ's name. And to do it in Christ's name, of course, is to do it by His authority. That's what that means. That's why we have to have authority for everything we do when it comes to our worship to God. And Easter is not a part of that in any way. Now notice there at E, Easter is a doctrine of men and not from God. Jesus Christ said, But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Matthew 15, verse 9. Now notice the early church, as Tom pointed out a while ago, the early church followed the apostles' doctrine. <coughs> and that doctrine is the word of Christ, what he said, what he gave to us. And so then, we're to worship God then according to his commandments and not according to the ideas and commandments of men. People have a tendency today to mix in a lot of things that God didn't give at all. And that's exactly the case with Easter. So we need to understand that. Now, E2 there, we've already noted in the study that Easter is from pagan times and is not a doctrine of the Bible. Uh, it just didn't come from the Bible. So it's a doctrine of men. And if we follow doctrines of men, are we going to be pleasing to God? Not at all. Not at all. And that's why it's so important that we understand that. Now, although many churches have special services Easter Sunday, there's no scriptural authority to do so. And that needs to be understood. It's very ironic that the reason behind Easter is to remember the resurrection of Christ. But when Paul is recorded in 1 Corinthians 11, when he's talking about the Lord's Supper, twice he says that it's, uh, the Lord said, do this in remembrance, in remembrance of, me. of me. And also <coughs> until the, the second coming of Christ. All right. And so therefore, if we're to remember Christ through the Lord's Supper, and we find by example the early church doing it, by you know, presenting an example there, doing it every first day you know, of the week, then we are celebrating and remembering the resurrection of Christ according to the, the pattern of the scriptures. Right. You know, we haven't set anything up. It's, it's what uh, God has put in his word and following what was taught uh, by the apostles. But it's just ironic that the world will have a special day to remember the resurrection of Christ when we see from the scriptures that we're to do it the first day of each week through the Lord's Supper. That's right. Uh, look at, turn to Colossians 1. 
so many things are brought out here uh, as, as, the, as Paul writes to these Christians. Colossae, uh, verse 3 there, chapter 1, he says, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all saints. For the hope which is in you, which laid up, which is laid up for heaven, and uh, well, I can't get it right here. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before, in the word. You heard in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is coming to you, as it is into all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day you heard it. And knew the grace and truth of, of God in truth. And ye also learned of Epaphras, our fellow servant, uh, and who is uh, for, for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause also th uh, since, the, since we, the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now that is so, so important that we understand that and know that everything that we do is to be done according to the will of God. And that's so many times brought out in the scripture. Now there on your outline at E3, we must have Bible authority for everything we do in worship. And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3, verse 17. That's a very important verse. Everything we do, in word, that is, in everything we say, and indeed, everything we do, we must have Bible authority for it. And that point needs to be emphasize and so the new testament church worshiped god on the first day of the week sunday and we must also follow that pattern to be pleasing to god today now notice this last thing here there's nothing wrong with children hunting easter eggs and families enjoying time together on easter but it has no place in the worship to god and that's the thing that people need to understand today. It doesn't have a thing in the world to do with our worship to God. And I'm going to my daughter's this afternoon, and uh, she'll have some eggs, and the kids are going to get out there and hunt eggs. There's nothing wrong with that. It has nothing to do with worship. Totally separate and apart from that. But when people today in churches, so-called, and some in what's supposed to be the Lord's church, begin to bring in things that are not authorized by the Word of God, then that's where they get in trouble. And if we let that be our example and follow that, then we're in trouble too. And so that's why it's really important that we understand the significance of following what's taught to us in the New Testament. I'm sorry that Acts 12, verse 4, that that one, one time that the word Easter is used in the King James translation. It's the only one has got it. 
Because every other time, and it's used 29 times in the New Testament, the word that, uh, that uh, Easter comes from, uh, actually the word means Passover. And that's how it's, in, it's translated in the, in the New King James Version and a number of other versions. And that's really the way it should be. So we need to understand then, it's just like Christmas. There's nothing wrong with families getting together, enjoying time together, but it has no place in our worship. We're not told to remember the birth of Christ. We're told to remember his death. Certainly his, his, his birth is important because he couldn't have died without being born. But he had to become a human being and go to the cross and shed his blood in order for us to have forgiveness. You know, I had a member of the church here years ago when I first came to White Oak. <laughs> he told me that Christ's death was certainly important, but that God could have saved us any way he wanted to because he's God. He didn't have to do it that way. Yes, he did have to do it that way. The, the penalty for sin had to be paid. And that penalty is death. And so that's what Christ did. He paid the penalty for our sins. And we, through him then, can have forgiveness of sins and live with that wonderful hope of eternal life. And I'm so thankful we can do that and look forward to living with God eternally in heaven. But we need to understand today, when you see all the things that you see going on around us and it being brought into the church, if it's brought in, the church then is in trouble. And so many cases, that is what has happened. And... These things like Easter and Christmas and other things that can be certainly family time and wonderful times together, but it has nothing whatsoever to do with our worship. And when we'll bring these things in and begin to make them a part of worship, we've departed from the living God. We've fallen from grace. And if you're fallen from grace, you're in deep, deep trouble. Because you can't fall from grace and one day go home to live with God in heaven. You've got to stay faithful. And so it's so important then that we see these things, that we stay faithful to God, that we follow that apostolic example. And I follow the example of the New Testament church as it met together on the first day of the week to worship God to partake of the Lord's Supper in his memory of his death and what he did for us in that death. And that's the significance of the wonderful blessings God bestowed upon us through Christ. David, you got something on your mind? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, they they partake of the Lord's Supper, but they do it 
I don't know. But but uh, but thing of it is, they ignore it the rest of the time. Uh, see, they may be once a quarter. It may be once every six months. And there's where the difficulty comes in. You look at that New Testament example. How often did the New Testament church do that? They did it on the first day of every week. And every week has a first day. So... We've got to come together on the first day of the week and do exactly what God tells us to do. Joe? Isn't there a verse of Scripture somewhere that talks about being wrong to invent yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Sure is. What is that? Colossians 3? Galatians, Galatians 3, I believe, Joe. Let me look right here. Yeah, sure is. You're right. Uh, Paul said, I'm worried about you, you know, because you remember where that is, Tommy? <laughs> I know it's here. Uh, But anyway, it has to do with not observing days and times and all that. Uh, yeah, that's not the one, though. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and read. Okay, that's probably it. Galatians four. Yeah, here it is. That's it. Uh, Galatians chapter 4, verse 9 says, But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Here it is. Ye observe days and months and times and years. I'm afraid of you, lest... I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are, and ye have not injured me at all. Ye know, and how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first. And my temptation which was in my flesh, ye despised not, nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as... Christ Jesus. He said, I'm concerned about you observing days and months and years. See, that's what they did under the old law. A lot of things were done under the old law, observing days and months and years. And Christ fulfilled that. Turn to Matthew 5. This is, this is a verse that uh, people need to be aware of what's taught. In Matthew 5... I think it's verse 17. Yeah, verse 17, Matthew 5. Christ said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to what? But to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle, shall in no ways pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Ron? 
That's right. Good point. Very true. We're not observing the first day of the week. We're coming together to worship God when He said to on the first day of the week. And that's, that's very important. Well, I thought these thoughts might help us just as we in this day that is called Easter. And every time Easter rolls around, we can know and understand that it's not anything to do with the Bible. That's man-made doing. And if we include that in our worship, then we've added to that which God has given, and we can't be pleasing to God when we add to or take from what He's given to us. Appreciate you being here.